You're listening to the Women of Worth podcast with Vicki Jacoby. Follow Vicki as she ponders anew the women of the Bible, the well-known and also the little-known. Women of Worth is not only a fresh look at scores of interesting biblical characters, but also a source of inspiration for daily Christian living. Now looking at Mary's Treasures. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes. Now here's today's teaching. Women of Worth, Podcast 7. I've entitled this podcast, Mary's Treasures. Maybe an alternative title could be is, How do we wait patiently when we're seeking to hear God? And how do we stay faithfully focused? We're going to continue to look at Mary, in particular today, looking at the interactions between Mary and Anna and Simeon, which we find in Luke chapter 2. The angels and the shepherds had all come and seen and experienced Jesus as this young baby. And then we find in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, after they've left, Mary and Joseph are together, the shepherds have visited, and it says, but Mary, verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. We also know that those shepherds went out and told everybody what was going on, that they had seen the Christ child. But what we're focusing on here is verse 19, this idea that Mary has treasuring things. She's pondering things. That's what these podcasts are about, is to ponder anew something that we've been familiar with for a long time. And we're pondering Mary's life. What I want to propose is we sometimes need to ponder our lives as well. Be like Mary, but also ask ourselves, what kind of treasure am I storing up in my heart? You know, we always know that there's treasure in heaven and we talk about the pearl of great price and what are we willing to pay for it Um, and we see these parables and we know about it but my question is and I need to ask myself sometimes is what am I storing in my heart what are my treasures and I want to put it out there before we actually look at these things so we'll keep reflecting on it that spiritual experiences And spiritual relationships are really worthy of great price. These are the things that God wants us to treasure in our heart. Also in Luke chapter 2, when we find that Mary and Joseph have taken Jesus to present him at the uh, the temple, in verse 33, that the child's father and mother, Mary and Joseph, marveled at what was said about him. And in verse 34, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Hmm, these were definitely words to be pondered to be treasured. Perhaps sometimes we're pondering things that don't quite make sense. Often we can read the Bible and there's something that just doesn't kind of sit right with us or we don't quite understand what it is. And in today's society, often we don't really want to ponder or contemplate 
or think, oh, I may have to wait on this for this to be revealed or for this to be made known to me. One of the things to me that's so amazing about Mary and Joseph is that they have taken Jesus, he's been circumcised on the eighth day, and now it's time for this purification, and they're going to take him to the temple. So he's 40 days old, and it's time for his presentation. And this is where we pick up with this dear old gentleman, an old woman, I think, who I would say are patiently waiting to see the Lord. But as we're patiently waiting, what I notice, and I'm putting it out there first, is that they were also faithfully focused, that they were in the scriptures. And sometimes I have to ask myself, am I knowing, am I know, do I know what I'm looking for? Do I know what I need? Am I looking for Christ as he appears in scripture, as God has made him known, as he has been revealed? Or am I looking for something else that may be half my truth, half my idea, and I might be able to miss the boat. You know, it's a scary thing sometimes. And I think if we're not really in the word, like these people were, they're in, they're there, they're spiritual, they're waiting. They know something great is going to happen, but there is a willingness to sit and to be patient. Verse 25 of chapter two, it says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the was custom of the law that was required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, You now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. And as we all read, the child's parents marveled at what was being said. Then Simeon blessed him. There was also, verse 36, a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, She was very old. She'd lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming upon them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. You know, I cannot imagine this scene in the temple court. Here come Mary and Joseph. They've got this young young infant with them, young baby. And all of a sudden, they are approached by Simeon, who's basically like, oh my goodness, I've seen this God. Take me. I don't need to see anything else. This is what you've promised me. I just needed a glimpse of Jesus. This is Jesus. This is the Messiah as a baby. This is not the 30-year-old man. It seems like they would have been too old if they had to wait for him to come to his start of his ministry. And Anna, the same thing. We have every reason to believe that she's probably 84 years old. She didn't have time to wait another 30 years for Jesus to return and to start his ministry. But both of them had been in the Word. And I think that's something that I have 
constantly learnt and relearnt is that if I want to hear God's voice, if I want to seek Jesus, if I want to see his face, then I must be in scripture. Because that's when we see the revelation happen. You know, even if we look at Zechariah back in the John the Baptist's father, he didn't really recognize what was being promised and what was being offered. But God spoke to him when he was at least doing spiritual, shall we say, activities. But he was maybe dutiful, but I think we have to understand God honors us when we're dutiful, even if we're not so connected, even if there's times of difficulty in our life, which we know Zechariah had been disappointed. And yet God is faithful to us when we are still faithfully focused. And I would say Zechariah, he was faithfully focused. He was about the Lord's business. He was doing what was required of him by the law. But that may not have been quite where his emotion and his heart and spirituality were, but God still cares. And I think that's so important that things that we've prayed for for years, even if we're a little wobbly and a little disillusioned, if we're still faithfully focused and we're not doubting God's ability, he's going to come to us and answer those prayers. But we may need an awakening like Zechariah. He was patiently waiting for a child, but he almost missed the mark. But he did get to at least seek God's favor because he had been there. And I think sometimes for us, we can get discouraged and we can have these times, but God will come and meet us where we're at. But we need to stay in the word. If we wander too far like those sheep or if we stray too far, then we are going to be listening to other things. And I think sometimes that's one of the things I ask myself. Today, there's so much social media. There's so much news. We have everything at our fingertips. Do I spend more time finding out what's going on with friends and family and news and gossip and celebrities and who knows what around the world than I do in his word listening to him? Because I'm not going to likely find God in the news. I'm not likely to find God in current events. Now, I believe he's sovereign and over those things, but I'm going to find him in his word. And when we think of all these different characters, they were in his word, they were about the Lord's work, they were connected so that when God did make an appearance, whether it was in the temple, whether it was through an angel, they were ready because they at least had that foundation. And today, I'm happy that you're listening to this podcast, but sometimes we can't substitute podcasts, we can't substitute information on the internet for just really digging in to scripture because we're told it's truth. We're told it's living and active and we want to see a living God. So we need to make sure we are in the living word. No, for whatever it is, we need to be in the word. Perhaps we need to be in the temple. We know now as Christians, the temple is within us. We need to be perhaps with believers need to be somewhere where we have enough time and we're quiet enough where we can hear his voice. We need to be doing his will. What is his will? I believe it's helping the sick, those who are physically sick and also spiritually sick by pointing to the Christ. That's what Simeon needed. He needed to see the Christ. 
That's what Anna needed. And then today, we need to make sure that we are seeing Christ. Sometimes this is focused on his birth, but also later in his life. And you just think of all the people, whether it's Anna, Simeon. Now, Herod wasn't in the word, and so he had to ask the Magi about this Christ. He never got to see him. The shepherds, they're in the fields. They're in the middle of nowhere. And an angel comes to them. God meets them in a faraway place. But it's clear they were connected because they knew and they were waiting for Jesus to come because they ran and told everyone. The family see them. Mary sees them. And all of these things and all of these experiences is what Mary treasures in her heart. Again, I know I've suggested before, but write down. Maybe go through your life, you places you've visited, places you've been, when you know, oh, this was a treasure. Maybe instead of just looking for one pearl, let each one of these treasures be a pearl necklace and let each pearl represent. Let this string be around your neck, you know, of treasures. But they're memories. But they're deep-rooted memories. They've got substance. It's not just an experience. It was a time when you know, oh, I saw the living God. I experienced Christ. I got this answered prayer. I felt the peace. I felt, you know, just so moved by what was going on. It was undeniable that it was the Lord, that it was the Lord working in our lives. So when we look at Anna, I think sometimes we see this woman and she's 84 years old. She's had something happen in her life. She's not as mobile. She doesn't have a husband, which back then really left you sort of cut off from society and often sometimes poor. It seems like she had money, but she stayed there at the temple. She stayed connected with the believers. She stayed in a position of worship and favor of the Lord. Sometimes I think we have to ask ourselves, what is it that I can do? Maybe I'm not in a position to go off and be on the mission team or to travel the world or to answer people's questions or to, you know, develop a series or whatever it is spiritually. It's like, how can I help? And I think of Anna by herself. Her example is so amazing for us. It's that she just spent that time in the temple courts telling people about the Lord. She's the only New Testament prophetess that we actually hear described. And it's clear that her praise and her love and her faithful focus is what overflowed with her. Sometimes we're sick. Sometimes we can't get out. Sometimes we have a disability. It's temporary. Or maybe it's something permanent that has really struck us with some kind of illness. Maybe we're stuck at home with an elderly relative who we're looking after. We become a caregiver. Maybe we have something with a child that takes up all of our time that maybe they have some special needs. And we wonder, like, what use am I? Or maybe we're just getting older and we cannot do, we don't have the same kind of energy that we had. I think Anna can be a great encouragement to us. Just like Mary, she's so young. We think of her as being 15 or 16. What was that interaction with this 84-year-old? We want to call her granny, grandma. 
Mary's probably seen her before because we know as a child she she went with her family. They went to the temple. Mary was devout. And so to think that Anna had been there all that time, she would have been known in the temple courts when people went up for the times of the festivals and the celebrations. And to see her and to see her faithfulness surely would have been one of those pearls that Mary would put in a necklace, a treasure that she would be able to say, wow, this is what it looks like when I get to be this age. I can pray for people. I can interact with people. I can encourage people. You know, we know in the book of Acts that Barnabas was known because he was somebody who encouraged others. And I think so often this gift is completely overlooked and it's not valued. But I want to say Anna is a woman of worth because she encourages others, because she is faithfully focused. She's patiently waiting, but she is still seeking the Lord's faith. Let's make sure that we really still have a face and a heart that is seeking first the kingdom. I know often that verse in my lifetime was used to talk about seeking first kingdom means we had to look for church. But I don't think that's really what it's talking about. You know, we can also add to it about looking for treasure in heaven. That is, we've got to store up these things where moth and rust cannot destroy. Again, what am I seeking? Do I know what I'm looking for? Would I recognize that great pearl if I came across it? You know, in Matthew um, 13, just flipping pages here, I've got a little bit tangled up. In verse 45, we find the parable of the hidden treasure and the pearl. Let's just think about it as we think about these relationships and these friends and family. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and brought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Now one is searching and another one stumbles but they were able to recognize its value. We must know what we're looking for. And maybe we come across it. The shepherds, I would say, the shepherds kind of stumbled on it. They're in the middle of a field, but they rush to go and see Jesus. Now, you've got Simeon and Anna, who in a way, they're in the temple courts. They're searching. They know this is where we're going to find it. But either way, they understood that this was the pearl that they were looking for, that that is what was so exciting for them. You know, I also think of when we're talking about finding treasure, perhaps of the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. You know, he had been to Jerusalem to worship. He was looking, I believe, for that treasure. I mean, he's faithfully focused and he's going back and he's seeking but he hasn't quite found what he's looking for. You know, when Philip comes along him, what is he doing? He's reading Isaiah the prophet. He's in the word. He's in this chariot in the middle of nowhere. 
a bit like the shepherds in the field. But he knew what he was looking for. And sometimes we just need to stop and pause and say, what is it I'm looking for? And God reveal it to me in the scriptures. And maybe it's going to be someone comes alongside you and gives you an explanation. Or maybe you realize, oh, I've got to move. I've got to change some things here. I've got to dig a big hole and bury this. I'm coming back for it. This is a high value treasure. This is what I've been searching for. And for many of us, that may describe a conversion experience for us of where we came from. And when we came across this treasure, which was Christ, and understood how by obeying him and just really surrendering to his life, that we could believe we could be at a point where we could have our sins forgiven, we could move forward, we could have a new life. But it was to be treasured. It was a relationship with Christ. But the treasure was also starting afresh. But it didn't mean that we didn't need to keep on seeking God's face. It isn't just, oh, found it once. Oh, that's it. I don't need to do anything else. You know, we see with Mary and the treasures that are in her heart, they were going to come to play a significant role later on in her life. She needed to be storing up these things because Simeon told her, hey, there's going to be a sword. There's going to be heartache. You're going to be pierced. And she pondered those. And perhaps that's like us. We know there are going to be storms. We know there are going to be difficulties. But we will weather these storms if we have got stored up in our hearts treasure from heaven, spiritual treasure. Today, it's all about money. It's all about possessions. Sometimes having a nice home, having family, having husbands, having all, you know, holidays, all of these things can crowd in us. And we think they're so important and we can be like, oh, that's what is going to really bring me joy and security. But the Bible tells us otherwise. We've got to be storing up treasure in heaven. And I think we see that in Mary's life, that she pondered these things and she stored these things up. But we, the promise is that we will see Christ. And as we look at these different people, Mary and Joseph, they had the Christ child in their hands. They saw him all the time. But the verbal confirmations just made it that much more amazing for them as they were able to really ponder about what was going on, as they were able to receive the blessings and marvel. I mean, that word, we don't use it much today. It's been used a lot for making some films recently, but they were able to marvel at what was said about him. That's where I think if we write down our experiences and then look back look at a year and say what did I what do I remember about that year for me as I said I usually do about where I lived because I moved so many times but remembering and bringing back to life and marveling at the way God has worked in our family through different circumstances you know I think showing him how showing me how he cares has been absolutely amazing I think about his care many years ago. We realized that my husband's mother had dementia. And we realized that she had been struggling and had been covering it as so many people do. 
And yet I saw how much God cared for her. He cared enough to prompt us and Doug's brother and his family into action that we had to do something to help her neat her out. It's not necessarily something that, oh, we all look forward to is being a caregiver for a parent. But God showed how much he cared. We often see in scriptures how he cares for the young and how he cares for the sick. But I think also how he cares for the elderly. And that surely has to be part of our worship is doing his will and caring for the same. You know, during that time of looking after her, seeing how God cared when someone no longer could remember a name, no longer could remember who God was, it was amazing to watch just the tenderness in which God took her into his arms. And it was almost as if God was patiently waiting to take her back, that God was there seeking and showing us the way forward as to how to love and care for someone who no longer could take care of themselves. You know, when I think of that, the calling that God gives each one of us, we, if we're not in his word, we might miss these things. We may not hear his voice. We may not see his face unless we are like Mary and Joseph And so many of these others that we looked about, Anna, Simeon, the shepherds, the Magi, Zechariah, Elizabeth, all of these people were still faithfully focused, even though they were going through some difficulties and some strange times. So perhaps as we wrap up this pondering about Mary and the treasure she has, We can go back and read Matthew 6, verse 21, or maybe start in verse 19. And it's in the Beatitudes, and we often remember it and have it sort of somewhat memorized. But verse 19 of Matthew 6, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. I think we know that. Let's remember that Matthew seven twenty four tells us, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and we think about singing that song and the winds blew and beat against that house yet it didn't fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a crash. You know, the message of this thing of this scripture is that we need to be building on the rock. We need to hear the words and put them into practice. We need to make sure that we are storing up treasure in heaven. Think about what that looks like. It's different for each person. It's not for us to compare ourselves from one to another, but it's really to say, am I pondering anew 
as the song talks about what the Almighty can do, what he is doing in my life, in your life. Am I patiently waiting, but putting these words into practice? Am I still seeking the Christ? Doesn't have to be as a child, but do I know what I'm looking for? Am I still searching? Am I adding to the pearls? Am I digging into his words so that I will recognize them when they come up? Am I, and am I faithfully focused? Mary's treasures, that's the title of this. I believe Joseph had those treasures too. Please consider, what are your treasures? What is stored up in your heart? Because it's like a vaccination against the illness and the sickness that are coming. And are my spiritual experiences with God and my spiritual relationships, was are they prized and highly valued? And are those the pearls of great price that I wear perhaps around my neck? So hopefully this will just help you think a little bit about what Mary and Joseph pondered, what they heard, what they saw. But think about how Mary had these treasures and what these treasures are for you. And to ponder anew, go back through your life, have a look, because I really believe that faithful focus will just show you and it will inspire you and help you see and help each one of us see God has continued to move in a mysterious way in our lives. He's still performing wonders. And we can go out and be secure and be women of worth, just like Mary, just like Anna, and hopefully here in the temple courts and those around us, Simeon's voice. We hope you enjoyed Vicky's teaching on women of worth. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave a review on the podcast platform you tuned in from. Those reviews help to make sure that more people can discover the value of the Women of Worth podcast. Thank you again for listening.